1: ¿Estás escuchando Échale Podcast? A podcast where we embrace our Latinidad. The good, the bad, the ugly. You love English? ¿Te encanta el español? Well, we got a whole lot of Spanglish. A storytelling podcast. (laughs) And like my mom used to say, Échale mijo que tú puedes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Echale Podcast. My name is Jose Quintero, and today is a very special and awesome episode. I know there's a lot of people with New Year's resolutions, and I wanted to leave this episode towards the end of January just because a lot of people find it... Um, difficult to stay on task with their New Year's resolutions, you know, and most of importantly, or most people want to lose weight. And it typically is the first two weeks que todo mundo le echa a esto de hacer ejercicio, and then they kind of trickle down. So to give you guys a little bit more motivation, I have brought one of the best, an expert, a personal friend of mine, and also my personal trainer, Javier Sandoval. What's up, bro? ¿Cómo andas? What's up, Jose? I'm doing good, brother, man. I'm happy to be here, bro. I'm excited. I'm
0: excited to
1: do this. I'm excited that you're here with us today, too. Uh, Just to give you guys a little bit of the background of Javier, Uh, I think you're one of the few people that I've known the longest. And by the longest, I mean we basically went to school together. Uh, I remember, I don't know if we met in middle school. and I don't know. Where'd you go to elementary? And where'd you go to middle school? I want to make sure.
0: So middle school was in, in Fontana. It was in, it was, what, what was it called? It was Sequoia Middle School. But I think we met for sure. We met in high school. Oh. I feel like if I remember correctly, it was like high school years for sure like early maybe freshman sophomore and full high for sure yeah
1: yeah, definitely fontana high school shout out to full high that's where uh you know i met a lot of the people that i still which is very <laughs> i think you might be like one or two of the only people that i actually talk to still from uh from that day and age but talk to us a little bit about uh how was high school when you in high school yeah man so in high
0: school i was you know since we are going to be talking about like like weight loss and fat loss and getting in shape, you know, I'll kind of talk about that in high school. I wasn't really that person that was really in shape. I know that I got into like football freshman year, but it was just more for like to be social and kind of like fit in in high school. But I really never was into working out in, in, in high school other than, you know, I did actually start losing weight in, in high school just by running, but Eventually that just lasted for like a year and then towards high school, you know, I would just kind of got into like party cruise and, and, and just, you know, <laughs> try to party cruise and, and hanging out with friends, but nothing with where it came to like being fit. I don't think my whole fitness journey, my whole fitness journey started to like after high school, after like turning 18, 19, that's when I kind of, you know, started getting chunky, chunky. And then I felt like, you know what, I have to start working out.
1: That's interesting. So, I mean, that's a clear difference uh, because even though we started as freshmen in Faux high, and I remember I'm trying to really recollect my memories of when we met. I probably think we had one or two classes, but you made a clear distinction of the route that you decided to take versus the route that I took that people know is I went into as a shy kid uh, and I didn't have that social skill. So I decided to opt for theater, whereas you decided that jock route you know (laughs) football popularity because I do remember you you were very involved in school and I was that shy kid like oh dude what he's doing is dope but life kind of took us towards different paths and it wasn't and we really didn't talk it was like uh I know he's around he probably knows I'm around I don't know he's a jock whatever and it wasn't until college where I was uh, like oh shit like we ended up in the same university, you know, Cal State San Bernardino, so shout out to all the Coyotes out there. Uh how uh, how yeah. is that was it a harder transition transitioning from high school to college because and and the reason I asked this is I was I loved high school but I was eager to get out. I felt like mm-hmm. I was a big fish in a small pond per se like i don't fit in i don't really have a lot of friends etc etc so college was a whole reset versus a lot of people that i've talked to in the past it's like well in in high school i was a popular kid but when you go to college it's like well nobody freaking cares about popularity really
0: yeah man and 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 us talking about transitioning from from high school to to going to like college and university man it's crazy how You know, during high school, I feel like it's a it's a path, man, during high school where you could go either very bad or very good. You know what I'm saying? Like because we get influenced in high school. I got influenced, I feel like a lot of people do, by want to become popular. So you're willing to do anything to become popular, whether it's start doing drugs and and hanging on with the wrong people, which I felt like me getting into party crews was a way of me wanting to get accepted. And it could go bad, bro, because I know some people that have, maybe they continue to do bad things and drugs and took them that way. And, and, and thankfully, you know, me, you know, God took me this different route. But I think after high school, when, you know, we still, I still continued to party, you know, one, one experience that, that got me into being fit. And I love sharing this story because I feel like, you know, whoever's listening to this might might find this kind of interesting is that after high school, you know, you still kind of hung out with the same friends from high school, you still partied. And I remember my cousin's um husband, um, he was in high school with us. I remember he was still hanging out with us. It was like New Year's Eve when we we're at a party, and I remember he told me they used to call me Lumpa in, in high school. Oh, really? He told I didn't know me, that. like, yeah, man, they call me Lumpa. Um, and I could even explain that later. But anyways, he told me that He's like, damn, bro, you're getting, you're getting fat. And then I remember that hit, that hit me but he said, hey, man, you're getting fat. And then that's when I, I kind of it, like, it, it, it hurt me. It kind of hurt me inside just him telling me, because nobody wants to be called fat, you know, but I'm glad he told me because it kind of sparked something in me that eventually the next year, within the next year, that's when I started really wanting to get into exercise, running. And I even got into like, Muay Thai to try to get some physical activity. And then eventually me just trying to find some type of physical activity to lose weight. I stumbled into the gym Mm. and that's when I started becoming a personal trainer and me becoming a personal trainer. After a a couple of years of working out, I became a personal trainer. And then that's how I transitioned into, I was being a personal trainer for a a couple of years after high school, where a lot of my clients will ask me about nutrition They'll be like, "Hey, Javi, like, well, we're working out, right? Because I'll be training them. They'll be like, "Well, what should I eat and things like that? And that's when I still I still was going to community college, but I really wasn't taking a lot of classes. I just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's when I stumbled into um, nutrition and food sciences to become a dietitian. And that's where I felt like after a uh, like a few years of of kind of really not knowing what to do, I felt like something sparked in me where. I decided, you know what, I'm actually going to really go to school. And I, I decided to really commit to, to the school school path and really become a dietitian and get my bachelor's and then get my
1: my RD. Damn, yeah, that, that's interesting that you mentioned all that. I want to definitely go into what you mentioned right now, which is your transition into a more fit life Would you say it is rooted on trauma, on that word being called fat?
0: Man, I I love that you're bringing that up, man, because I feel like most people, and I say most people because I'm talking about myself, but I feel like a lot of people could relate. We start this fit journey because of wanting to improve our physical appearance, Mm -hmm. which is nothing wrong. Because if you improve your physical appearance, man, you're going to feel better. I feel like that's the initial part. You're like, I want to feel better about myself. I don't want to be called fat. You know, I want to feel good about myself. And so, yeah, I think my whole fitness journey started with me being called fat and then also wanted to be more attracted to the ladies, you know, because I wanted to be more attracted to girls And as a chubby guy, I just didn't feel confident to go talk to a hot girl. And so I feel like all these little things started with me being called fat and not happy with the way I looked. And then I started working out, man. But now me doing it over 13 years, it's so crazy that it's beyond. It's beyond physical, bro. It's like physical is a byproduct, bro. Because now, man, it's like. It's just the mental, the the mental side of things The it's just so it's so yeah. many good things, bro, that if they, if they told me that I was not going to get any fitter, bro, I will still continue to do it because of all the other aspects of my life that improved because of working out.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I've had people on the podcast who uh, are, uh, I don't know what to call them I know what their Instagram handle is is La Gorda Feminista so it's like feminine or it's ism or I don't want to call it feminism uh, rooted in like fat oh fat phobia to talk about fat phobia and how a lot of people you know have now taken that word and made it their own I'm like well yeah like being called fat is what I am it's not ne- versus the state of mind that that word does to us so so it's interesting how back in the day, um, early 2000s, you know, if they called this fat because I was the same way, it was already negatively rooted and it definitely brought a lot of mental illness, I would say, versus now a lot of people are taking back that word and still focusing on being active versus being skinny versus, I mm-hmm. mean, well, versus losing weight. You know, Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of like I I want to make that differentiation between then versus now. I still want to take it back a little bit more into high school because you did say rooted in wanting to be popular. You're led to choose uh, X, Y and Z or make certain decisions. And I'm trying to remember, uh, since now I know somebody who was in Fohai at the time that I was in Fohai. Do you remember the riots? And were you ever involved There was a huge riot. You guys can look it up in um, the internet, (laughs) the Fontana riots back in 2000. We were there from 2004 to 2009. And I think I want to say it's 2006. And it was literally Mexicans versus African-Americans. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, man. It was like 2007, if I want to say, because it was like we were not seniors, like 2007, 2008. I think that's when it was. Sophomore, junior year. Yeah, man. I I remember I was there. Um, and it's, and it's crazy because I, I remember, um, <laughs> it's so crazy that this guy, the Cholo guy, he was one of the football players. He's actually <laughs> one of the, cause they started with like the Cholos yeah. and he's actually one of the ones that, that kind of like, kind of started all that. And, no. and I remember him talking about it. I never got involved, man. I was just kind of in the background, just Same. kind of watching, but yeah, man, it was, it was just a lot of hype and, and people are crazy, well, I mean, man. it's so
1: funny because, uh. It, it was a conversation that had started, if I'm not mistaken, a couple days prior to actually happening. So everybody knew when it was going to happen. We just didn't know it was going to be as chaotic uh, yeah. to the fact that, like, cops were coming. Parents were screaming, trying to pick up their kids and whatnot. I know my mom was being one of them. Even the principal, I mean, allegedly, I don't know. He got in a, or is it the vice principal got in a fight with the student? But it was, oh my God. it was, it was bad, <laughs> And then, I remember, man. It got out of control. Yeah. And again, I'm bringing up high school stuff because there's nobody I've had in the podcast that was actually in high school during the same, I mean, in the same high school when I was there. But not sure if you remember another incident. Look at us talking about just fights in school. But I think this one was <laughs> another one. Uh, there was a guy in Fojai whose name is also my name, Jose Quintero. Uh, And do you ever remember the story? And maybe I'm the only one and very few people who listen to the podcast from Fohai will remember the story of the hammer kid. So there was, it was a guy who after woodshop class grabbed the hammer, like a hammer from woodshop and hit somebody else on top of the head because of a girl or something. It was like his ex or something like his ex broke up with him to go with, with this uh, new guy. So he was that frustrated. So, being that he had the same name as I, Jose Quintero, I was called to the principal's office and I was <laughs> trying, like, you know, they try to arrest me and stuff. And I was like, what the hell? I am so confused. My mom came and whatnot. They're like, oh, Maria. And then mom was like, that's um, that's not my name. I'm Elisa. Like, that's my mom's name. And then they were like, wait, is he your son? Yeah. But you're not named Maria or like, no is he jose angel quintero and he's like he doesn't even have a middle name so it's literally because of me not having a middle name that kind of saved the situation so yeah (laughs) you don't remember that incident you You know what bro
0: i actually i feel like i remember them talking about that but it was just kind of like i've I've heard it but never like heard more about it but yeah during that time i did hear that i did hear that happening Mm -hmm. so
1: uh, one thing that you mentioned is you went to community college, and to me, as a high schooler, I never even thought that existed. I always thought, like, you go to a four-year route, and um, yeah, you, there was no, like, hey, you either get into a university or you don't. I was never really aware of community colleges, and again, uh, I want to differentiate. Did you have any... AP honors classes at the time. Because I want to uh, point out like the lack of access to knowledge and how it takes people to different routes and how people can get stuck in the community college system.
0: No, bro, that's... um, I'm glad to t- touch on that, bro, because in, in in high school, bro, I really wasn't... Towards the end of high school, I wasn't that person that was into like education, bro. The only reason that I went to community college was because my girlfriend at the time was going to community college. So she told me, I'm going to go to Riverside, Co- Riverside Community College. So I said, okay, I I'll guess. go there too. Yeah, and, it, and it's crazy because I remember during senior year, people talk about like, oh, I'm applying to this university. I'm applying here. Honestly, bro, I was like, I haven't even applied anywhere. <laughs> like all these people were into that. I feel like that's when you're into it or – you should be into it. I didn't even, bro, I was lost. I was like, literally, I just went, like I said, my girlfriend, she went there. And and honestly, if it wasn't for her, bro, I probably wouldn't even have gone to community college. But I just went because she was going to go.
1: Did your parents ever talk to you about college? Was that a conversation I at home? knew.
0: Yeah. So I know my parents wanted me to go to college. Um, but, and so that's one of the reasons where when she said, I'm going here, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go with you because I know I should go to college. Uh-huh. Um. But you know, my parents always, you know, they're they're Mexican parents that you know they're typical Mexican parents that they come from Mexico, they were born in Mexico, come here and they come over here to give us a better life, and and they expect us, you know, to go to college to have a better life, and so yeah, they're like go to college, and that's why I went.
1: Mm -hmm. That's uh, okay. So that that's interesting because you decided to go to community college. I decided to take the route of a four year college again. Not knowing that was an option, and then mm-hmm. um, obviously we never we crossed paths. Yet we hardly ever talked while in high school. So when I saw you at Cal State San Bernardino, it was kind of like, oh, I I didn't know he was here. I would have assumed that you were there all four years and not, I, I just never like crossed paths, but mm-hmm. I saw you at Cal State San Bernardino and it was interesting to see somebody else that went to High because not a lot of people I've come to realize actually took that step forward to go to college. How was that going into Cal State San Bernardino, like going to a four year university after a two year program? Did, was it hard to even get out of the community college system?
0: Yeah, man, it was, um, and, while, and while you're saying that, bro, um, I will tell you that when I saw you at, at Cal State Mardino, bro, you inspired me because knowing somebody from your town that was actually chasing that success, because I mean, to me, bro, getting a bachelor's was was really hard to believe that I could do it, you know, because it wasn't, it's nothing that happens in my family. So seeing you Definitely, uh, um, motivated me to be like, hell yeah, man! This guy's doing it; I could do it too.
1: And you said that right. all the time. You were like, hell yeah, bro! Like, hell yeah, hell! Every time I would see you, and I'm like, I never talked to this food in high school, and all of a sudden, he's like my biggest cheerleader. <laughs> I would tell you,
0: I, I did tell. I think I have told you before that yeah that motivated me, bro. But but t- but to answer your question about was it hard to go from community college to to university? And so it's crazy, bro, because. During community college, man, I was so young, bro, that I, like I said, I went I went there because I was going because of my girlfriend. Uh, I think this story would be like inspiring to some other people to see how, you know, like you don't have to be a perfect A student to be successful in acad- academia the way that I've gone this far. Because in community college, bro, I literally was like, you're supposed to go full time, right? Or part time. Literally, bro, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for full classes and then that quarter, I'll drop them all. Because they were too hard. And then I'll skip a quarter, and then I'll sign up for one class. So literally, I was spinning my wheels in community college, bro, all the way, like, forever. Let me me see, 24 to, like, 24, bro. I was in community college on and off. And so I've never finished. And it wasn't until maybe I think when I was 24 that I said, you know what? I need to get my act together. I need – Like maybe a little bit of maturity kicked in where I was like, you know what, Um, you know, being a personal trainer is at that moment wasn't making me enough money. I wanted to be a little bit more financially well. And I said, let me really get this degree to become a dietitian because I know that I could, you know, help people and at the same time make a, a good living. And so that's when I started dedicating myself at community college, bro, where I started getting straight A's, man. Damn. like at community college I started getting straight A's and then I got my AA in kinesiology from Riverside Community College and that's when I transferred bro to Cal State Bernardino. and it's crazy I mean I don't mean to like you know float my boat and and hype myself up but when I went to Cal State and to start my my other 2 years I was so motivated bro that I literally got Straight A's in in all my classes because I treated it like the gym, bro. It's crazy because you know I feel like the gym has taught me like discipline and hard work that I felt like I applied that, bro, to to my school, bro. I was crushing it. I was like that straight A student, and and I felt like and it, and I liked it because people were like, "Damn, this fool!" Like because sometimes I'll be going with snapbacks, <laughs> snap, snapback. <laughs> I look in tank tops, and then they're like, "This guy is like the top student." Like, and I got motivated to be like, you know what? I used to see
1: you around campus con una pinche yelera, Con una pinche yelera, And we, like, I kid you not. uh, Again, I think high school, I mean, college is a continuation of high school. In high school, you, to a certain extent, you reach popularity. In college, I wanted to find my own route and reach that popularity as well. So, I mean, I joined a fraternity. So by the time that you came to, to um, Cal State San Bernardino, I was already in the fraternity. So I had like, I was mingling, partying, doing what I didn't do in high school, doing it now. And I obviously, a whole sense of confidence came in. But I would see you with the fucking yeralera and I'd be like, damn, there goes some dedicated ass food to the gym. And he's got like, and I, I would ask you, what do you have in there? And you're like, oh, I got my meals, bro. Like, like you were literally that guy. Like, oh, meal prep, bro. You got That's the way to go. Bro.
0: That's so crazy, bro! I literally—it's crazy how I didn't care. Yeah, in that moment, that's amazing. I, it's like, it's—that's who I am, bro. I was like, you know what? I love this. I, I love what the the fitness, working out, and eating healthy has done to me overall. That I'll be carrying that cooler, bro, to class. Like people, it's so funny, bro. But I wrote that. Yeah cooler for the whole two years of being a calcium every single day. Yeah. I rolled it. Um
1: And you didn't care if people said anything. You were like, I'm minding my business.
0: <laughs> that was so crazy, bro. I even after became a dietitian, bro, I still rolled that to the hospital. I rolled that to all my jobs, bro. It's so funny. Like I was
1: like, it's heavier it's it's with bro. the cooler. It, it's it is a what thing. it is. What you going to do, No, bro. but you know what? I, and I, I want to elaborate on that aspect a little bit because it, psychologists have actually said that in life, um, you know, your mind is prepared to prepare you for anything like death, like the, uh, you know, the birth of a new baby. Like, your mind is physically prepared for that, but not for popularity or fame and whatnot so when you reach a certain level of popularity you try to be cautious and do certain things but once you achieve that level of popularity slash fame the next step after that is not giving a fuck and i think high school for you was probably that phase of like hey i'm mingling about you know um jock popular and then you transitioned into college where you're rolling around in a yalera and you're just like i don't give a fuck like i'm gonna be doing what i want to do (laughs) so So that was probably it
0: yeah bro i i I think so man i feel like working out bro and having a fit body it gives you a a like no other man and and i don't mean it to be like cocky or something but it's something that I wish anybody, everybody could feel. I feel like, you know, just me feeling fit and good about myself, it makes you not care what the world thinks about you. Maybe that was with me when I said, I'm going to bring my cooler. I don't care what people say. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's hard to get to that point, bro. But yeah. what I'm thinking, what could have got me to not care about carrying a yeah. cooler? It's like maybe having that confidence that, you know, you, I don't know, It's just the confidence of of being fit, healthy, strong. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like that's why I always encourage people to to get fit because it could just increase your confidence that could help you in everywhere in life, man.
1: I completely agree. And I want to say it's that same... Um, I felt like I had confidence, but I lacked security for myself because I was insecure with my body. Now, even though I've gained some pounds, I'm still sec- like I still feel confident. I still feel confident in the gym and if I try to teach people a little bit about the fitness industry. But I do remember in college as a avid drinker, with almost an alcoholic problem to a certain extent, I would see your Instagram and I'd be like, yo, this guy's looking good. He's looking ripped. And I think that's how it starts for a lot of people who want to start losing weight. And a lot of people who, um, how do I say it? At times, if you do it wrong, get lost in trying to look like other people. And I think this is where I was... I, I was already graduated. I was, the pandemic had already started. I was off, like, in. I was already into working out. But in my admiration for wanting to lose weight and I knew your background, I reached out to you. And I said, I need help. Like, at that point, it was, like, me as a man letting my ego down and letting my guard down and literally asking another man for help, which is, Not typically what we tend to see in in a Latino male culture. So the reason I'm saying this, a lot of people probably will look at your Instagram and will look at other models or people who are fit just like you and will try to emulate either your videos and will try to emulate working out similarly, but neglect the importance of having somebody there to guide you. I think when I started working with you, 80% was reassurance from you, was motivation from you. 10% like, and it helped me get back on track. The other 10% was like, all right, our, our phone calls, our, you know, weekly meetings, tracking everything, and then... I think like 2% of everything was actually working out, you know? Because I already love to work out. And that's a, a you know a hard thing for everybody. But yeah, how do you juggle with that? Because I'm sure a lot of people look at your page and they're like, hey, how do I look like you?
0: Yeah, man. So and and I really I, I like that that you said that, bro, that um that you had the guts to to reach out for help and honestly bro i think everybody should do that in 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 whatever area they want to improve and so i'm a big fan of of reaching out for help even if it costs money even if you have to pay this person to guide you bro because it's like you could try to do this yourself for years and years and years and you could spend 5 years trying And nothing works because you don't have everything, all your ducks aligned that you, that why waste five years where you could just be like, all right, fine. I'm just going to pay this person, even if it hurts me, but at least he's going to, he's going to like everything that I was, that I, that all the mistakes he's going to avoid. And he's going to fast track me to these results and teach me so many things that you're not, you're not going to waste five years. You could probably, whatever took you five years, you could do it in one year. Because this person has all that knowledge. And, and I tell I admire that because I do that myself, bro. Me, what has got me to this physique and everything is I've had bodybuilding coaches for years, bro. Since I was in Riverside Community College, wow. I had bodybuilding coaches. When I do my bodybuilding preps, I have coaches. Even though I feel like I could do it myself, I still have, I still hire my coach that still continues to be my coach to guide me because it's always good to have that reassurance. Like you said, you know, if you think like a second pair of eyes, when it comes to my business, bro, I hired and paid people to help. How do you run a business? And so Mm -hmm. instead of wasting time, it's always good to look for that. So you don't spend time doing the wrong things and rather somebody teach you the correct things and you feel confident and execute and get there faster so i admire that for sure from you man
1: yeah and then you decided to go for your masters which is probably a different step and uh like uh, of achievement and of applause because not a lot of people and especially latinos have a masters but and this is where i want to go ahead and talk about your nutrition because at the end of the day you're a dietitian right A registered Mm -hmm. dietitian, an RD. What would be the difference between, um, I don't know, let's say a personal trainer and an RD? Because so many people on Instagram are giving nutritional advice without having that background. So we're going to take a pause everybody, we're going to have a quick commercial break and then we'll be back. Hola, ¿qué tal? Te saluda José Quintero y espero que estés disfrutando de este capítulo de Échale parques, pero vamos a platicar de un tema que te va a encantar, porque si eres padre de familia, si eres estudiante o si eres maestro o maestra, pon mucha atención porque te quiero contar sobre la beca nacional de hacer de McDonald's. Desde 1985, McDonald's ha otorgado más de 33 millones de dólares en becas y este Esta vez no va a ser la excepción porque este año McDonald's está dando 500 mil dólares en becas y puedes ganarte una beca de hasta 100 mil dólares. Pero ahora más que nunca, ayudar a estudiantes hispanos a hacer más que las generaciones anteriores, hacer más de lo que creían ser capaz y hacer más de lo que pensaban que era posible por sí mismos, por su gente, por su cultura y por un mejor futuro. Para más información sobre la beca nacional, hacer. De mcdonald's visita mcdonald's.com diagonal hacer aprende más porque puedes ganar una de 30 becas all right we're back here with javier sandoval talking about nutrition in this second part of the podcast which i'm very excited you were talking about uh the difference between an rd and uh which is a registered dietitian and a personal trainer which is like Personal trainer gets certifications typically about six months, which I took. Uh, thanks to you and your assistance. But what else would an RD have that a personal trainer doesn't?
0: Yeah, man. So like you said, the personal trainer is the main thing that they will educate you on through those certifications is going to be exercise. Corrective exercise, how to exercise, you know, clients in different age populations and in incorrect ways for exercise overall, Right and they basically they do go over you know nutrition but it's very small because these courses are very short nutrition is not in depth what they go into and so now the difference between a registered dietitian is that these people that become registered dietitians actually have to go through a bachelor's degree mm. plus a one year internship before they could sit down to take their registration exam and so i will say the difference between because there's nutritionists And then there's dietitians. Mm. And so when a nutritionist, that is something that you literally could become a nutritionist with a one-day course. There's one-day courses to become a nutritionist. There's a one-week course, six-month course. you know. But usually those are short courses. And so the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian is, like I said, you need a four-year degree and a one-year internship. And that's where you see normally dietitians, that's where, because you are registered by the state, That's where you see registered dietitians working in hospitals. Mm. They work with with the city. And so overall, they work for the states. So you have to have these credentials and these licenses to do that. And so I guess you would just say that these people are way more educated in nutrition because they literally have to go to college for many years for that.
1: So for your master's, what's that in?
0: So my master's is in exercise science. Mm. So in the kinesiology
1: department. Okay, okay. So it's an I, I thought it was like also nutrition or there was a master's. So as an intern, you have to sit in with other dietitians or and see how they come up with a plan or how how does that work?
0: Yeah, man. No, that's a good question in case anybody's listening and wants to become a dietitian. So after you get your four year degree of bachelor's, the one year internship is pretty much you have to go work for free for one year where wow. dietitians normally work. So you get exposed. And I love this internship because you get exposed to different places where dietitians work. You you go to hospitals and you work for six weeks with a dietitian. So you literally, they teach you what you do as a dietitian in the hospital. You could work out as a dietitian in a skilled nursing facility, in a rehab center. You could, you, you could rotate with, with people like me. I have my own private practice where I coach people like yourself. I have interns that help me you know with my business and I and I teach them things of how to coach other people and so you get exposed to different places and so as an intern you get to see these different places where maybe when you become a, a dietitian yourself you could be like all right I really like this area let me go work here and and that's pretty much what the internship is all about.
1: Before we get started with some tips that you'd recommend, and also I want to talk about like things that nutritionists in Mexico do, because we hear the famous neutrólogo and things that they've done to different people or, co- or told them to do. I want to talk about the difference probably between what a doctor would focus on versus a dietitian. Uh, Because I definitely have seen a lot of doctors give nutritional advice. And sometimes that nutritional advice, it's probably not the most recommended by a dietitian. And you'd assume that a doctor would have the credentials to be giving uh, physical and nutritional advice.
0: Yeah, man. So I feel like because we know that the doctor goes through more schooling You know, oftentimes when when there's doctors giving out nutrition advice, you know, they're like, oh, well, he's a doctor. He must know what he's talking about. Um, But that's not always the case. Um, in, In simple terms, it gets more complicated. But we could say a doctor, they go to school more for medicine. Like they literally learn more on medicines that they have to give, you know, patients when they go to hospital. So they're very savvy when it comes to what medications to give. But when it comes to nutrition, they don't have, that's not what they go to school for. There's, there's courses. There's a course in their doctor career that they do for nutrition, but it's not as long as what a dietitian goes through. And then that's why they have dietitians. They always refer people to dietitians. And nowadays, bro, the good thing is that new doctors coming along know their scope of practice. Like now Mm -hmm. they know this is not my area. I know nutrition. a lot of new doctors, you know, our age, mm-hmm. they're like, I know how important nutrition is. I'm gonna refer you to the dietitian and, and that's getting a little bit better, but you do see these doctors that, you know, they start giving their own advice because we know things that, that work for us. Like yeah. you might, you, you know, things that work for you. So you're like, you're going to go preach it. And there's doctors that know things that have worked for them. And so they say, go do this, do this. And people listen but we got to remember that every human body reacts different to different foods and in different exercise routines and everything. So everything has to be personalized. So you cannot always, whatever works for you, you, you shouldn't be recommending to everybody. Um, but that is
1: kind of my take on, on that. Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm glad you touched on that because a lot of people do receive information from doctors and they think that is the correct way to approach this. But they do no chemicals, medication. And sometimes food might be the answer to a lot of uh, the the problems that go on. You know, nutritious, organic food as opposed to putting medicine and pills not saying that you shouldn't if you have a certain disease or something that needs to be treated and i remember as a personal trainer when i had my own clients uh every time i would ask them hey are you suffering from like high cholesterol uh blood sugar diabetes if you are suffering from any of those things or any type of that you'd require medication i'd unfortunately that's Outside my scope of practice, <laughs> like and you'd have to go to a dietitian for that just because I know maybe there's certain foods that you shouldn't be eating, and I don't know that because, like you said, I just know the basic movement, compound movements, and building an exercise plan when it comes to nutritional plan, even though there's certifications for nutrition, you said it's not as extensive as a dietitian. Um, you are a Mexican, you've gone to Mexico. Not sure if you've ever heard your tia's family member say, Oye, voy a ir con el neutrologo. And when they go to the neutrologo, which is a nutritionist, not a dietitianist, sometimes they come back with little patches in their ears. Or uh, have you ever heard of that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I or, think I've seen. Yeah, or you've yeah, yeah. seen. And I remember at first, I thought I was going crazy. Like the very first time I saw a cousin with brown patches on one side of their ear or maybe it was both sides of the ear i didn't pay attention and i didn't know what it was i was like maybe she just got a deformed ear or something like that then i <laughs> saw somebody else with it and then i went back to my cousin and i'm like hey what is that on your ear because i clearly saw it on somebody else oh fui con el neutrólogo me lo recomendaron para perder peso para controlar el apetito do you know what those things are and are they effective I don't
0: know exactly those patches what it is bro so I wouldn't be able to tell you um but I know that there is a a lot of different things that that people go do where it's probably not the the best thing to do like I know example here things that are are common for people to do here in the United States is they go get um appetite suppressants you know that are kind of drugs oh. to decrease the appetite you know that you go to certain little clinics and they give you pills that are drugs that you probably shouldn't be taking for a long time, but they do help decrease the appetite and things like that. But I mean, there's always risk, you know, to, to doing certain things like those, those are drugs that you're taking. And so, you know, short-term they might be okay, but you know, some there's different approaches that sort of those certain nutritionists go through um, which probably shouldn't be the the best practice. But for that patch, I wouldn't know um, exactly what it is. Maybe it's something that is kind of injected into the ear. Yeah. You know? Something similar to like to decrease the appetite. So I wouldn't be sure.
1: Yeah. And I think I've seen like my cousin's nutritional regimen. And one thing that I never see uh, is the calorie count. You know, and people want to lose weight, and I see all these nutritious foods. But even too much nutritious nutritious foods in excess can lead to a weight gain. And if the result that you want is a weight loss, you're definitely the only way is to be in a calorie calorie deficit. fue palabra.
0: It's calorie that, deficit. Yes, there you go.
1: That, that simple mm-hmm. so it's always interesting to see when they come back with like their little pamphlet like hey esta la comida que me recetó. this is the food that i should be eating you're just like well but how much are you really putting it into your body is that important or have you seen dietitians just recommend food and you they just kind of know how much food that is in terms of calories or is it important that you show your clients and tell your clients hey this is how many calories you should be eating per day
0: and, and that's a good question, bro, because it depends on the person that you're dealing with. And that's why, you know, these approaches with every client that I have is very different because if I have clients that come to me and they said, Hey, Javi, I've actually tracked m- m- calories and macros before mm-hmm. I've tracked my calories, I track my protein on, on food calorie apps. So when people already have that experience, mm-hmm. then, and they like that, then I definitely go that approach. I give them a calorie approach and I go that way. But if if I'm getting a person that, you know, I know from our talk is not going to be willing to go on their phone and track all these food, then I do kind of go a different approach. I don't make them like, no, you have to do it or yeah. it's not going to work. I kind of go a different uh, approach with them. And so sometimes in the beginning, you know, you do have to get like, sort of like a meal plan, like how you see some people come with like a, a page of things to eat, not to eat? Because a lot of people, bro, like structure. They like seeing, okay, what can I eat? What can I not eat? And that's something that sometimes these keto diets, why these keto diets are successful because they tell you, this is what you could eat. This is the sheet. This is what you could eat. This is what you cannot eat. And people like seeing like structure. And so keeping that in mind is like, okay, then maybe eating healthy food is gonna be the structure. You know, let's have these these, let's have two fruits every day. Let's have three cups of vegetables and not knowing exactly how many calories um, might be something in the beginning that might be okay. Because we know, bro, that if, if you're you have a client that is coming out from eating super unhealthy and they just start eating healthy foods, even if they don't know what the calorie count is, just making that transition is going to be a game changer. You know, I have an example right now. I'll tell you an example. I have a client. This guy was telling me that he's always eating a lot of fast food and he always picks something on the go. I literally told him, all right, bro, just have any meat, any type of meat that you want. Just have some rice, have some vegetables with each meal. And he's been doing meal preps. And this who is dropping weight like crazy week yeah. to week. This one in the last three weeks has dropped like 15 pounds and it's just crazy how when you're coming from an unhealthy way of eating to just eating these these um these foods that are low in calorie, you know, you just drop the weight even if you don't track exactly the calories. But eventually you might hit a plateau and then it might be time to be like, okay, let's actually track the calories. Yeah. That's when but in, initially we might not have to get that intense.
1: All right, so you know? I'm going to play devil's advocate right here and be like, whoa, whoa, Javi, 15 pounds in three weeks. Isn't that unhealthy? <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 a that's it. That, that, That's fair, that's fair. And so a lot of, of this is going to be water weight because if this person is eating fast food every single day, we know that fast food has so much salt that he might automatically be seven, eight pounds of water weight, of bloated because of that fast food every single day. So the moment that he stopped eating all that fast food, there goes seven, five pounds of water weight that he lost of just that bloated unhealthy food. Uh And then now with the calorie deficit, it might be some other real fat. So it's just initially in the beginning, the weight loss could be drastic like that, but we just got to know that it just doesn't go that fast every single day every single week so eventually for this guy it's cool that he lost about 15 pounds in three weeks but we know that it's not it's gonna now it's slowing down now the next week is only gonna be two pounds Mm -hmm. but we just know that initially it's just that drastic water weight change that happens
1: so uh i'm glad you pointed that out because uh, a lot of people have probably seen the biggest loser And in The Biggest Loser, when the contestants start, because I think there is always an obsession with like weight loss, which is what this show played into. And Mm -hmm. uh, at the initial two, three weeks, you saw the contestants lose 30, 40 pounds. And you're just like, whoa, they're really dropping. But their body, like you said, is so used to high sodium foods high calorie diets that are probably like five to six thousand calories per day or so that when you give them the adequate amount their body's like oh my god oh my god what are you doing Mm -hmm. and you start dropping quick but as you said you're gonna hit a plateau or a breaking point which is that's what a plateau is like where you just stop and you're gonna have to now Find little miniscuous things to do in order to continue that weight drop. Now we're obviously getting into the nutritional aspect. I want to ask you, are carbs bad?
0: Mm -mm. No, (laughs) man. It's crazy because one thing is that we do have to drop carbs when we're trying to drop body fat and weight. We are going to decrease the carbs, but it's not that carbs are bad because I really wish – they. You know, your people that are listening to this have seen my my Instagram and saw how much carbs I eat a day and, and how I stay lean. But so it's not the carbs. It's it's just overall that the calorie intake. So as long as you're in a calorie deficit, meaning that you're eating less calories than than you're burning, you're gonna be fine. But we do so we do just know that we do have to drop carbs. It is something you have to do. But the approach that most people do is they completely cut the carbs. Like they go zero carbs. They go no more, no more tortillas, no more rice, no more nothing of carbs. So that's not the approach.
1: Let me ask you because, uh, and the reason I'm asking you this question because the other day, uh, my mom told me, Joselito, ¿necesitas comer más carbohidratos? Or stuff like that. Because I don't know, maybe she heard it on Facebook. Like, oye, uno necesita carbohidratos, you know, as energy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mom, like, I eat plátanos. I eat fruit. Wait, what? Fruit? Plátanos? Those have carbs? I was like, what? <laughs> and and that that was very interesting to me. The lack of knowledge in nutrition of what contains what of the three nutrients, which is protein, fat, and carbs. So mm-hmm. where can we get our our carbs from? Like a good source of carbs.
0: Good source of carbs. So the, the one that you said, fruits. So any fruits are good sources of carbs. And uh, a lot of people, I like to say, eat your fruits. Some people might say, hey, you know, fruits have a lot of sugar. I shouldn't be doing that. But I would prefer you have fruits than you're going to have any chocolate or any candy. So definitely have fruits. That's going to be good, healthy carbs. So yes, it has sugars, but you got to remember that it has a lot of other vitamins and minerals that are going to be super healthy for your body. Also for like longevity and health purposes, you know, just overall, you know, don't get diabetes, don't get heart issues, don't get strokes, don't get cancer. It has so many good properties for that. Um, so fruits are good sources of, of carbs. Vegetables are good sources of carbs as well. So it's not, it, vegetables have carbs, but it's not a lot, but Very there low. are some carbs in vegetables but then the other ones are just going to be like rice. You know, I like to, I like to um, promote carbs that are like simple, like simple grain carbs. So like, if you're going to have carbs, go for like, okay, rice. It's just rice. It's just the grain of rice, beans, lentils. Mm, Let's see, quinoa, you know, things like that. If you're going to have some type of tortillas, I would prefer corn, you know, corn tortillas. These are all, you know, bread, go for wheat bread, at least so you could get some some fiber out of that wheat bread. But those are all good oatmeal. Those are all good sources of, of
1: carbs. What would you tell people who completely cut carbs and are like, oh, no, I'm on this only fat uh, diet, like, no mas poco, You know, the high-fat diets, no carbs at all. And obviously, and then we'll go into intermittent fasting, what that is, good, bads about it. But first, let's go ahead and talk about those people who completely eliminate carbs. What would that do to a body's... uh Physiology or like psychology, how would it make them feel if they consume zero carbs for a longevity period of time?
0: Okay. Well, the first thing that I would want to find out is why are they going zero carbs? And they want to lose most weight. Most likely. Exactly. Yeah. So the main thing is they want to lose weight. And so the thing that I would tell them is like, yes, you could go zero carbs right now and you're going to lose a lot of weight. But then we got to remember, we how long can you go? without carbs like we 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 are humans we are gonna hang out with family we're gonna hang out with friends there's carbs everywhere how long can you do it maybe you could do it for a year two years but eventually you're gonna give because that's just unsustainable you're gonna give one day or another you could be strong for a year two years but that's even pushing it because i doubt people will last that long but let's just say you do the but average person
1: will... let's say a month
0: a month yeah and so I would say don't do that. If your approach is weight loss, don't go zero carbs. Just start, for sure, decreasing the amount of carbs. So instead of having six tortillas every day, let's just have three tortillas every day. You know, Now, if you normally have, like a typical Mexican family, has a bunch of, when they serve themselves, they have a little bit of meat, a bunch of rice, beans, and then tortillas. I'm like, okay, maybe... Decrease some of the carbs and add a little bit more protein. That way you add more protein, reduce some of the rice and the beans because you're adding more meat, more protein. And that could be something you decrease the carbs. You didn't eliminate them completely, but that should help you drop some some body fat.
1: Intermittent fasting. And I want to go through these because these are very... Um... We see reoccurring themes. We see, every year we see keto, we see cut carbs, we see intermittent fasting. People stop eating for 16 hours and eat for eight hours. Um, what is your take on that?
0: So, uh, I like intermediate fasting in this approach. Like a lot of people don't like breakfast; they're not big breakfast eaters. You know, they're like, "I'm not hungry for breakfast." So I'm like, "Cool, man." Then let's fast. The morning and then just have your first meal at, at noon. Maybe that would be your first meal. So now fasting in the morning, that might be fine because now you know, you're know you not going to eat so much because you eat at noon and you have a nice meal. So you're probably just going to have dinner. And so now instead of having a breakfast, lunch, and a dinner, you literally slash the calories from, from breakfast. So that could help you actually lose some weight without even being too aggressive because you were not even hungry for breakfast in the first place. So I am, I am cool with intermediate fasting like that, but as long as it's not interfering with your hunger, because Mm. some people do fasting where they're only eating one time a day. And so if you're doing, if you're doing that fat, that fast, it's gonna, it's gonna make you hungry because you want it at, let's just say you get at 6 PM. You're, if you wait all the time to 6 PM, you're probably going to be so starving by the time that meal comes. That it's just going to hurt you more because you're just going to build an unhealthy relationship with food. Mm. Now you're just like, you can't wait to eat. And it's like, now you're just, you're like a monster for food. And it's like, yeah. you don't want to get to that point. You don't want it to mess with your hunger cues like that.
1: salvating hungry, hangry. Um, yeah. I don't know if that'll change your hormonal levels as a woman. Um, or, you know, make you a little bit more violent because I have seen the effects of of not eating from people they're like my head hurts or stuff like that and it's like look at all that you're doing as opposed to asking for help and a lot of people think it's unconventional to get a personal trainer or a dietitian or somebody because one they could be a little bit pricey or two they're like well why am I going to pay somebody to tell me that I know I should be eating healthy and I know I should be working out but then My answer a lot of the times is, do you think a doctor performs surgery on itself? Do you think a therapist gives himself therapy? No, they look for these resources. Why wouldn't I, even though I love fitness and I love food, but I have to build a better relationship with it. Why not consult a a nutritionist diet? Well, dietitian slash personal trainer, because that's more in line of how I want to approach, you know, having a good relationship with food, not necessarily. And I love that on your Instagram, you promote that, like you promote uh, a well-balanced lifestyle. You're like, hey, I'm eating good and whatnot. But here here am I in the weekend having my pizza, having my burger, still going to Mexico, still drinking your alcohol. Can you drink alcohol and achieve your physique?
0: Yeah, man, I'm a big preacher on that because... Just having that flexibility, not being strict all the time is what I like to preach because that is what keeps me going for so many years. Like what keeps me going? People said, damn, how do you keep doing this for 13 years and stay fit? It's just being flexible and not being super strict all the time. And so I like to tell people the 80-20 rule, meaning that 80% of the time you're eating healthy, 20% of the time you could eat a little bit less than healthy. And you could approach it these two ways. So Monday through Friday is 80% of the week. So I eat super healthy Monday through Friday. And that's kind of easier because we have mm. most people, you know, we have a fit fit schedule yeah. during Monday through Friday. So it's easy to eat healthy. And then Saturday and Sunday, if you did good Monday through Friday, then Saturday and Sunday could be more chill, you know, have some pizza. Today I'm having pizza actually. And then have some beers, you know, tomorrow I'm going snowboarding. I'm going to have a few beers when I'm snowboarding. So you could be flexible, but once Monday comes, you get back onto it. And so having that flexibility allows me to still enjoy myself and want to continue to do this. But if you're strict seven days out of the week, you're going to hate it. And it's just a matter of time where you're just going to be like, ah, forget this. And then you just go back to eating unhealthy all seven days. So it's better to be flexible that
1: way. Flexible, Means what you just explained, but does it mean indulge? Because I, I want to make a clear distinction between that. You said you're having pizza and you're having a couple beers. So if I'm like, oh my god, I eat healthy Monday through Friday, that means I can have a whole pizza. I'm gonna have ten drinks, like, and I'll be good, Javi.
0: No, no, no. That's a. I'm glad you're bringing that up. And so yes, I always tell my clients like I, I give them the flexibility on the weekends, but I always say this is don't say don't make this a, a cheat day where you're just indulging and binge eating you know because that's not going to serve our goal but an example um my, my my client this week he says that he's craving a burger you know he's like bro i've been holding off on eating that burger i've been eating super healthy this guy actually is losing 15 pounds he said i'm actually i'm craving a burger bro and i said okay cool bro you're crushing it this saturday or sunday he wants to go to Chili's. He wants to mm. have a bacon burger with avocado and water because he says he don't want diet soda so, <laughs> and with fries. He, I said, bro, go have that burger. Go for dinner. Eat healthy. Eat your healthy breakfast. But just go have that burger, regular burger, and your water, and just enjoy that meal. Don't binge and have three burgers. Just have that meal, and then go about Monday comes, get back on track. And that is not going to phase nothing of his results. The bad part was if he goes and tries to eat two, three burgers and binge, but that one burger is not going to phase him, but it's going to help his mental, make him feel good. Like he's still enjoying the food that he wants. And it's going to keep him motivated to be like, cool, I'm going to crush it all week because then I know that if I'm craving something, I know I'm going to be able to have that burger on the weekend, Mm -hmm. you know? And, but of course in moderation, let's not try to binge because it's not going to feed the goal.
1: I'm glad that uh, you are taking that approach and being conscious of the mental impact that, you know, losing weight um, has on somebody. And more than anything, when we met, I remember you asked me this question. Why are you trying to lose weight? Is it for pure um, physique and narcissism? Or is it for a healthy lifestyle? Either way, we're going to get you to the physique you want. But if it's because you like it and it's for mental health, it's for all these other benefits. And it's because you want to build, in the end of the day, a healthier lifestyle. Then you're going to really reap the benefits. As opposed to if you just want physical appearance and pure narcissism, narcissism then narcissism (laughs) then it's going to backfire eventually because then you're never going to be satisfied so i'm glad that you always promote living a healthy lifestyle and you mentioned one of the things that you're doing this weekend which is um, going snowboarding and this brings me to my next point which is one of my favorite words that i memorized while doing um, my personal training exam and i can't believe i still remember this the td the total energy daily expenditure. Uh, Which is basically the extra stuff that you could do throughout your day that will help you lose weight and just literally being active. So many people spend hours on a treadmill trying to lose weight when in reality, the best thing that you could do. Is make those little changes throughout your day. So, explain to us a little bit more about the TD and what things we can do to already start jump starting our weight loss or our our physical journey, you know, to a healthier lifestyle.
0: No no. no, no, that that that's good, bro. And so, I feel like it is common for us to think that if we want to lose weight, it like I feel like we always heard, hop on the treadmill, hop on the stairmaster, hop on the machines at the gym for cardio. But that is not the only way. So one of the things that, you know, when I, you know, coach people is like, okay, I I tell them what things they like to do. And, and I, because any movement is going to be calorie expenditure that is going to help you lose body fat. And so if you enjoy it, then definitely we want to include that. So for example, I have a guy that I'm coaching right now. He loves playing basketball. He loves playing basketball. Cool, man. Let's go play basketball. That's it. You're not going to hop on a treadmill. I don't want you to hop on a treadmill. Just go play basketball. He plays basketball and he's dropping body fat and that's his cardio basketball. He's enjoys it. I'm even thinking about me. I'm also thinking like sometimes, you know what? I might just go to the court, shoot a ball, go walk, get the ball, come back, shoot it. You're walking, getting cardio. And you're like, kind of like, it's kind of fun instead of just being stuck on the treadmill. And so other people, they like doing Zumba. Some girls love Zumba, you know, hell yeah, go do Zumba. You feel like you're learning how to dance you're you're dancing everything. That's calorie expenditure. You don't need to hop on on the treadmill. Do some Zumba. I love snowboarding. I actually I have my Apple Watch and I like to put snowboarding on the when I go to 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 snowboard. Bro, I burn so many calories on the snowboarding day that like, and I'm having tons of fun. Like those beers, those beers that I'm drinking. Maybe if I have a burger that day, is not phasing me because of so many calories that I'm burning. You know, I'm not going to promote, go, I do activity and then go drink, but I'm just saying that I I snowboard for three, four hours because it's yeah. so fun, but it's so many calories that you're burning. So if, if you know something that that you enjoy, whether it's hiking, walk, walking your dog, maybe going with your mom on a walk, you know, maybe your girlfriend, you want to go on a walk and, and kind of, you want to like communicate with, with your significant other, just go and they don't have to be stuck in a treadmill or in the gym to do your cardio, mm-hmm. any activity washing your car, you know, doing the yard, doing chores, that is all activity that is going to you lose some fat and lose some
1: weight. So one of the things that you recommended because I love running. So obviously getting on a treadmill wasn't that bad for me, but we were very conscious about the steps that I was taking. And I'm like, I had to reach a certain amount of steps per day in order to trigger uh, my fat loss for me, where I had to really figure out what Things could I change in my daily routine? And granted, this was almost, I want to say two years ago, if not almost three years, because it was around 2020 that we I started working with you. And from now on, it's now part of my life. Walking my dog, which obviously for the past year I've been doing, but that's been an activity where I'm like, huh, this easily gets me about 4,000 steps. Parking all the way, like I'm the last one in my parking structure, so I have the longest commute. Now, and since I have an electric car every two hours, because I only have two hours for for free charging, I'm like, oh, it's 8 a.m. I come down And I go unplug and then replug again. But those extra steps or when people are like, hey, can you go grab this? You know what? I'll go because I need the (laughs) steps. And people make fun of me like, oh, Jose is out here getting his steps. And I'm like, dude, if you only realize the benefits, because at the end of the day, I don't have to. And and then they see me at work and they're like, dude, you eat so much. And I'm like, I know. And I'm happy. (laughs) So it's definitely finding what you like and sticking to it. I do have to say I'm a binge watcher. I love Netflix. I love TV. So what did Javi tell me to do two years ago? Bro. I, and at the time I had it in my apartment. And he's all like, take that treadmill that you have downstairs. Oh, no, buy a treadmill. And I was like, I live in a fucking apartment, uh, Javi. He's all like, make it work. I bought a damn <laughs> treadmill. I put it in my room right in front of uh, the TV. And I was like, they're just watching Netflix for hours. And without even realizing it, I was being active, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. again, those little changes that you could do in your life. Um, what would you say, and I want to continue with the tips on weight loss, because I feel like a lot of people focus on weight loss, tips that you would recommend somebody listening if they wanted to jumpstart their weight loss?
0: So, and this is the main one that I really want people to do, man. And and, and I want to say that it's so effective. Setting a step goal. So, Setting even like, you know what? Set a goal that you're going to do 10,000 steps each day. And somebody hearing this, they might be like, steps, just walking is going to make me lose weight. Like they think that they have to be running and sweating and, <clears throat> and breathing hard to lose body fat. They think like walking is going to get me. Yes. If you do 10,000 steps every single day, let's just say that you're a person that usually doesn't walk around. Just use an Apple watch or your phone or an app. Do 10,000 steps and that is going to be something of activity that is going to help you lose some weight. And then, of course, if you if you combine it with eating some healthy food, you know, including you know some more vegetables and fruits, but hating those ten thousand steps—that's one thing that is going to like boom help you so much.
1: All right. So hey, Javi, I'm a woman. I want to lose weight. Like, so walking will help me have a good tight booty, nice slim arms, good abs. Will walking just help me do that?
0: Yeah, no, no. So the walking is for sure going to help you lose body fat and drop weight, which is something that is going to make you feel better, right, as a female or a male. But, you know, taking it an extra step, you really want to get, you know, a nice booty, more, you know, more hips and in more tone, that, as they say, more tone, you know, more muscle. Yeah, we do have to start working out. But – you know, there's different ways on how you could get fit. You know, yeah. you could go to the gym and, and do exercises at the gym, or you could do workouts at home. You yeah. know, there's a lot of, like, I'm a big fan of, of, okay. Cause a lot of people's like, I can't go to the gym. I, I'm not, I'm too busy. Okay. How about go on YouTube right now? YouTube home workouts, 30 minute home workouts, 30 minute booty building workouts. I don't know. You could Google on um, YouTube, anything like that, home workouts. And there will be a girl or a guy doing a workout at home with no equipment. And it will give you a nice workout where you could actually start building muscle even from home. And so that is something that you could
1: do. I've always said that walking is an instrument of uh, fat loss versus weightlifting is the instrument of molding your body and contouring. As women like to contour their face with makeup, a lot of people like to contour their body uh, with weightlifting. So, depending on how much you're weightlifting, you're either going to get a bodybuilder um, physique. A fitness model physique, a regular model physique, you know, or a slim physique. So there's different ways and different approaches. And this is the importance of getting a personal trainer because obviously the personal trainer will uh, help you get to that goal by molding your body little by little. I remember I brought three pictures to uh, to Javier and I was literally, and I kid you not, afraid that I was going to get judged by Javier. By bringing three pictures, I was like, hey, I kind of wanna look like them, you know? And I was like, damn, this is gonna fucking judge me. He's gonna be like, wow, <laughs> what a fucking, like, I don't know. But he's like, all right, let's make it happen. And I was like, oh shit, all right, bro, like, let's get it. You know? He's gonna, he ain't judging me. He's not like, you want that body? We're gonna get you to that body. And we did. We did get me we to that Yeah. And now I'm trying to, well, obviously I booked a couple of pounds, but I'm now I'm trying to do a different type of physique where I could probably eat more as opposed to when we were working together, I was like eating a little less. So it's it's a lot of learning and, and whatnot. I want to touch on, oh, there's so many things that I want to touch on. So I'll probably have you on for another episode. And hopefully That's if you're your listening problem. to this episode and you have questions and you, maybe you have specific questions, you can go ahead and DM me or DM Javier. We're going to go ahead and give his socials in a bit. And they're also going to be in the description uh, box, but we can answer them on another episode. But I want to touch on something important that a lot of people. End up doing at the end of the year in the summer or in the beginning of the year because they want to look good for summer, which is gastric bypass surgery, which is another method of weight loss um, because they feel like it's their last resort. Who should be getting a gastric bypass surgery and who shouldn't, but they typically do? No, that's
0: a good question, bros. So, you know, I, I feel like gastric bypass, you know, it, it has it could be helpful for a lot of people that do it right because they either make the stomach smaller or bypass, you know, the, the the stomach where, you know, you don't absorb the calories. So yeah, you lose a lot of weight. But I personally don't like to encourage that because one thing, you should not be getting inside your body and cutting stuff up. Like you shouldn't be doing surgical procedures. That's not how, you know, God made us this way. So we shouldn't be cutting stuff up and you could die in procedures like that. But let's just say you don't die. From experience, bro, because I actually consulted with many females that had gastric bypass in any type of bypass like that. And there is people that do like in the beginning, the research you 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 have to um but eventually they gain it back. You're able to expand the stomach again and people regain it back. And sometimes they have complications. You know, they have complications from those surgeries. Sometimes, like, you know, um, you could die sooner because of, you know, things that you're cutting up inside. And so I wouldn't recommend you doing that. I would for sure would recommend doing it the normal way where we're like, you know what, actually, how about you, you say, commit to something. It's going to be a little bit difficult, but just commit to actually making that lifestyle change
1: Mm. because
0: it, it it does have to be a lifestyle change. Um, but sometimes let's see who are the people that this gastric bypass might be for if you are a person that is just so overweight, I can't think plus 300 pounds, 400 pounds, where it's just, you cannot even move anymore or something. Maybe that might be something that you need. But if, if it, if first I would say, try doing it with exercise and eating healthy, because it would be, you will get way more things out of it because you're just going to be a more mentally strong, a, a more fit body, if you do it by by just surgery, you know, you're not going to get all those benefits. You're just going to get the weight loss, but you're still going to be that same person mentally and physically.
1: What about for a lot of women, and I've seen this in the past, literally two, three years, so many women, again, each to their own with BBLs.
0: Mm, BBLs, is that the butt?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think they take away, if I'm not mistaken, so somebody's going to have to correct me uh, if they're listening. They take away fat, not sure if it's, yeah, fat away from the abdominal area or sometimes the back fat uh, where the bra is and they put it into their butt because they want a bigger butt because that's the goal. Yeah,
0: man. Um, You know, everybody's going to make their own decisions, man. So I'm not here to be like, hey, if that's what you want to do, go do it, man. But, you know, just thinking about me, you know, it's like, damn, I, I think about like, you know what you should, it's, it's, it's a surgical procedure. I'm like, you know what, you don't want to be doing these things to your body. Cause one surgery, I've seen people that had surgery that has gone bad and yeah. it just like, they looks weird. And now they even like hate it. They hate it more. Now you're just like, Oh my God, like this looks so weird. Now I have a, a, a deformed body. So it's just like, it could go wrong. And, and I would say. Just because I know how working out and eating healthy has helped me mentally. I'm a, a more st- mentally stronger person. You know, I feel like I'm, I have a healthier body. You know, I, I'm more likely to live longer. I feel like there's so much more benefits than just looking good from exercising and eating healthy. So that's why I would say go do the exercise exercise. Because if you just do the the implants, mm-hmm. you're not going to get all those benefits out of, it, out
1: of that. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, you won't get the same result from a BBL if you're deadlifting, squatting. But you'll get a booty that is formed appropriately to your body that still looks good. I've seen women's before and after where they were like, wait, I have no ass. And then they started... Building that muscle, which is the largest muscle in a human body, the buttocks and the hamstrings, and you're just like, Whoa, you developed some booty where it looks a lot more plump, uplifted, and round, and it looks great. So, definitely, I would have to concur with you in, in that sense. If each their own, to each their own, you know, if you want to do the surgical procedure, you have your reasons and whatnot. But if you want long lasting, natural, then the gym is the way. Uh Javi, I definitely am gonna have to do another episode with you because we there's still so much that I wanna touch on, like different types of protein, how uh, high fat diets versus low-fat diets, um, all these things to help our listeners live a better, healthier lifestyle. Um let us know where people can find you. And then definitely in the next episode, I know we said we were going to talk about it uh, off the call about your faith because you're also a man of faith and I love what you're doing on social media. So that'll just have to be for another episode, everybody. But let us know where people can find you and if they want to start working with you.
0: Yeah, bro. No, I'm de- we'll definitely do another podcast, bro. This was fun, bro. And I'm happy to do another one. So my, my Instagram is Javier dot sandoval dot jr and then that's pretty much the main thing instagram and then yeah that's the main one tiktok i can't remember exactly what my tiktok is but i'm mainly i'm mainly on on instagram yeah. Javier.Sedema.Junior. Right? Yeah,
1: and then I'm sure that you have a bio and then a link there where people can contact you or message you directly if they want to start working with you. And I know every year you have like, hey, I want to work with 5, 10 people. And I know you don't take large clients for the same reason. Like you have like 5, 10 clients that you like to work with because you definitely are the type of person. And I kid you not if you're listening to this and you, I've worked again and I, I don't know if I told you, I've worked with other personal trainers before you And even after you and the level and me and Jaime, which is another friend of mine, the level of commitment and dedication that Javier gives and respect more than anything to his clients. Because I've had personal trainers who don't check on you, even though you paid for that check in, Mm -hmm. Javier will go the extra mile and not just check in on you phone call text message, but he'll FaceTime, he'll call you and you're on the phone for 20, 30 minutes and you're just like, okay, I'm getting my money's worth out of this, you know? (laughs) So I appreciate that, hermano. No, no, for sure, bro. Um, Anybody that reaches
0: out for me, man, and and wants to get coached, bro, I, you know, they're, you know, they're spending their hard money on me, bro. My thing is I want to make sure that you think this is the best experience possible, man. So that's why I do all that.
1: Javier, thank you so much. Don't forget, everybody, to go ahead and follow him on Instagram, javier.sandoval.jr. And don't forget to follow this podcast, Echale Podcast, because we're growing it this year, and it's all thanks to you with a share, download, whatever you'd like to do, and obviously so we can continue creating content like we have here with my brother, Javier. Javier, once again, gracias, hermano. My pleasure, bro. Talk to you soon, brother. Talk to you soon. Gracias por escuchar Echale podcast. Echale podcast. If you made it this far, I ask of you one thing. If this podcast made you think, reflect, or enter an existential crisis, then share it with me on social media. Nothing would make me happier than knowing that these stories had a real impact. Nos vemos el próximo martes with more stories and más chisme. This was Echale Podcast. Echale podcast. Echale podcast.